Welcome to Nations of the World podcast series, where we explore a different nation of the world in each episode. Our aim is to bring you, the listener, on an audio journey to discover interesting facts that make each country unique. Welcome to Bangladesh. This is Segment 1, Bare Bones. Location Bangladesh is in the northeastern part of the Indian subcontinent, in South Asia. The people are known as Bangladeshi. The official name is People's Republic of Bangladesh. The capital is Dhaka. The land size is 147,570 square kilometers or 56,977 square miles. This is about the size of Pennsylvania in the United States. The population 170,371,000. The official language is Bengali. The official religion is Islam. Currency Bangladesh Taka. The flag. The flag of Bangladesh, like that of Pakistan, is dark green. It symbolizes the Islamic faith as well as the rich vegetation of the country and the hope placed in their youth. The red circle slightly off-center represents the bloodshed of the fight for independence. The circle is also said to represent the rising sun of a new country. National Symbols The tiger is the national animal of Bangladesh. Form of Government It is a unitary multi-party republic with one legislative house, parliament. Segment 2, Heart of the Nation Geography and Climate Bangladesh is surrounded by India, except for the southeast region, where it borders Myanmar and the southern part which opens into the Bay of Bengal. Bangladesh has flat plains and most of the country is situated on deltas of large rivers flowing from the Himalayas. The country is divided into three regions. The northwest and central parts of the country are formed by the Madhupur and the Barind plateaus. The northeast and southeast are home to evergreen hill ranges. The third region, including most of the country, is dominated by the fertile Ganges Delta the largest river delta in the world. This is formed by the confluence of the Ganges, the local name Padma, Brahmaputra, also known as Jamuna, and Meghna rivers, and their respective tributaries. The Ganges unites with the Jamuna and later joins the Meghna, finally flowing into the Bay of Bengal. Bangladesh is called the land of rivers as it is home to over 57 transboundary rivers. Because of this, it's often complicated politically in regard to resolving water issues. Bangladesh is predominantly rich, fertile, flat land. Most of it is less than 12 meters above sea level, or 39 feet, and it's estimated that about 10% of its land would be flooded if the sea level were to rise by 1 meter, or 3.3 feet. 17% of the country is covered by forests, and 12% is covered by hill systems. The country's Hauer wetlands are of significance to global environmental science. This Hauer is a wetland ecosystem in the northeastern part of Bangladesh, 
which physically is a bowl or saucer-shaped shallow depression, also known as a back swamp. During monsoon, Howards receive surface runoff water from rivers and canals to become vast stretches of turbulent water. They turn into great inland seas where villages can appear as islands. Occasional high winds during the rainy season, which is July to September, generate large waves in the Hower, which may cause considerable damage to homesteads. However, they all but dry up in the post-monsoon period. During winter, these Hours are vast stretches of green land. The highest point is Kyo Kradong at 1,230 meters. The lowest point is the Indian Ocean at zero meters. Bangladesh has one of the world's lowest average elevations at just 85 meters, or 278 feet. It has 360 miles, or 580 kilometers, of coastline. The deadliest hurricane on record is the 1970 Bola Cyclone in Bangladesh, which killed between 150,000 and 300,000 people. The cyclone of 1991 was another of the deadliest tropical cyclones ever recorded. The storm hit near the Chittagong region, one of the most populated areas in the country. An estimated 140,000 people were killed by the storm, and as many as 10 million people lost their homes. Since the 1991 storm, the Bangladesh government has built thousands of elevated shelters in coastal areas believed to be most vulnerable to cyclones. In addition, the government has started a reforestation program designed to alleviate future flooding. In September of 1998, Bangladesh saw the most severe flooding in modern world history. The three major rivers flooded and swallowed 300,000 houses and thousands of miles of roadways. 1,000 people were killed and 30,000 more were made homeless. The climate is a mild winter from October to March and a hot, humid summer from March to June. A warm and humid monsoon season lasts from June to October and supplies most of the country's rainfall. Natural Hazards It is low-lying and vulnerable to flooding and cyclones. Bangladesh is one of the countries most at risk from rising sea levels. Natural hazards that come from increased rainfall, rising sea levels, and tropical cyclones are expected to increase as the climate changes, each seriously affecting agriculture, water and food security, human health, and shelter. It is estimated that by 2050, a rise of three feet in sea level will inundate some 20% of the land and displace more than 30 million people. To address the sea level rise threat in Bangladesh, the Bangladesh Delta Plan 2100 has been launched. Environment Some of the environmental issues faced by the country will be noted. Many people are landless and forced to live on and cultivate flood-prone land. There are waterborne diseases prevalent in the surface water. There is water pollution, especially of fishing areas, resulting from the use of commercial pesticides. The groundwater is contaminated by naturally occurring arsenic. There are intermittent water shortages because of falling water tables in the northern and central parts of the country. There is soil degradation and erosion, deforestation, and severe overpopulation. Some environmental agreements include Climate Change, Kyoto Protocol, 
desertification, endangered species, hazardous wastes, law of the sea, ozone layer protection, ship pollution, biodiversity, and wetlands. The Bangladesh Environment Conservation Act was enacted in 1995. The government has designated several regions as ecologically critical areas, including wetlands, forests, and rivers. The Sundarbans Tiger Project and the Bangladesh Bear Project are among the key initiatives to strengthen conservation. Vegetation The Bangladesh Plain is famous for its fertile alluvial soil, which supports extensive cultivation. The country is dominated by lush vegetation, with villages often embedded in groves of mango, jackfruit, bamboo, betel nut, coconut, and date palm. The country has up to 6,000 species of plant life, including 3,500 flowering plants. Water bodies and wetland systems provide a habitat for many aquatic plants. Water lilies and lotuses grow vividly during the monsoon season. Bangladesh is home to much of the Sundarbans, the world's largest mangrove forest, covering an area of 6,000 square kilometers or 2,300 square miles in the southwest littoral region. The forest is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. The northeastern Sillet region is home to Hauer Wetlands, which is a unique ecosystem. It also includes tropical and subtropical coniferous forests, a freshwater swamp forest, and mixed deciduous forests. The southeastern Chittagong region has evergreen and semi-evergreen hilly jungles. St. Martin's Island is the only coral reef in the country. Central Bangladesh includes the plainland Sal Forest. This is a forest type dominated by a single plant species, commonly known as Sal Tree. It's one of the most important timber-yielding plants and is very strong and durable. The quality timber of Sal is used for general construction purpose, especially for house building, electrical and telephone poles, boat construction, furniture, and other carpentry works. Stems of sal trees are a good source of aromatic gum called sal damar, ral or doom, used for caulking boats, carbon paper, typewriter ribbon, varnishes, and paints. It's also used in medicine as ointment for skin diseases. Oil manufactured from seeds is edible and pounded fruits are given for diarrheal diseases. Tribal people use the leaves for preparing rice cake. They also use the leaves as smoke. Leaves are commercially used for making small baskets and plates for serving dry food items. Wildlife The country has 50 wildlife sanctuaries. Bangladesh has an abundance of wildlife in its forests, marshes, woodlands, and hills. The Bengal tiger, clouded leopard, saltwater crocodile, black panther, and fishing cat are among the chief predators in the Sundarbans. Northern and eastern Bangladesh are home to the Asian elephant, hulok gibbon, Asian black bear, and oriental pied hornbill. The cheetah deer are widely seen in southwestern woodlands. Other animals include the black giant squirrel, capped langur, bengal fox, sambar deer, jungle cat, king cobra, wild boar, bears, and monkeys, mongooses, pangolins, pythons, and water monitors. 
Bangladesh has one of the largest populations of Arawadi dolphins and Ganges dolphins. A 2009 census found 6,000 Arawadi dolphins inhabiting the littoral rivers of Bangladesh. The country has numerous species of amphibians, reptiles, marine reptiles, and marine mammals. It also has 628 species of birds. Several animals became extinct in Bangladesh during the last century, including the one-horned and two-horned rhinoceros and common peafowl. Bangladesh has the world's largest population of the endangered Bengal tiger in the Sundarbans mangrove forest. The Bengal tiger is Bangladesh's national animal. The national cricket team is known as the Tigers. The wilds of Bangladesh still have 30 to 50 cheetahs, which are listed under the Endangered Species Act. They are considered the fastest land animals. A large portion of the extant cheetah population live in the country's forest areas. They are occasionally seen in Cox's Bazar and in the northern region. The cheetah population has been going lower over the years as they are being killed when they emerge in search of food mainly in the country's northern regions, experts say. According to a 2016 estimate, there are 7,100 cheetahs left in the world. The Royal Bengal Tiger and the cheetah have lived side-by-side side in the forest areas of Bangladesh's Three Hill Tract districts during the 1980s. People There are an estimated 7.5 million Bangladeshis living abroad. Almost half of these live in India, but another one million are in Saudi Arabia and the rest of the Middle East. Five percent of the total Bangladeshi population does not live within its borders, but instead migrated to find job opportunities, at a rate of half a million annually in the last few years. The Bangladeshi diaspora are a great help to the economy as these foreign workers send remittances back home, which accounted for 5% of the GDP in 2018, down from a peak of 10% in 2012. Ethnic groups include 98% Bengali, 1.8% indigenous peoples of about 54 different tribes and other non-Bengali Muslims. Bengali, also known as Bangla, is the official language, and people with a university degree usually also speak English. Religion the Bengali Muslim population was a product of conversion and religious evolution, and their pre-Islamic beliefs included elements of Buddhism and Hinduism. Scholars have theorized that Bengalis were attracted to Islam by its egalitarian social order, which contrasted with the Hindu caste system. Islam is a part of everyday life in all parts of the country, and nearly every village has at least a small mosque and an imam, or a cleric. Prayer is supposed to be performed five times daily, but only the very committed uphold that standard. Friday afternoon prayer is often the only time that mosques become crowded. Throughout the country there is a belief in spirits that inhabit natural spaces, such as trees, hollows, and riverbanks. These beliefs are criticized by Islamic religious authorities. The imam is associated with a mosque and his power is based on his knowledge of the Quran and memorization of phrases in Arabic. He generally uses his position to persuade groups of men to act in conjunction with Islamic rules. In many villages, the imam is believed to have access to the supernatural, 
with the ability to write charms that protect individuals from evil spirits, imbue liquids with holy healing properties, or ward off or reverse bad luck. Hinduism encompasses an array of deities, including Krishna, Ram, Durga, Kali, and Ganesh. Bangladeshi Hindus pay particular attention to the female goddess Durga, and rituals devoted to her are among the most widely celebrated. Brahmin priests perform rituals for the Hindu community during the major festivals when offerings are made, but also in daily acts of worship. They are respected, but Hinduism does not have the codified hierarchical structure of Islam. Thus, a Brahmin priest may not have a position of leadership outside his religious duties. The primary Islamic holidays in Bangladesh include Eid ul Adha, in which a goat or cow is sacrificed in honor of Allah, Shab e Barat, when Allah records an individual's future for the rest of the year, Ramadan, a month long period of fasting between dawn and dusk. Eid al-Fitr, characterized by alms given to the poor, and Shab-e-Miraj, which commemorates the night when Muhammad ascended to heaven. Islamic holidays are publicly celebrated in afternoon prayers at mosques and outdoor open areas, where many men assemble and move through their prayers in unison. Among the most important Hindu celebrations are Saraswati Puja, dedicated to the deity Saraswati, who takes the form of a swan. She is the patron of learning and gaining her approval is important for students. Durga Puja plays homage to a female warrior goddess, Durga, who has ten arms, carries a sword, and rides a lion. After a nine-day festival, images of Durga and her associates are placed in a procession and set into a river. Kali Puja is also called the Festival of Lights and honors Kali, a female deity who has the power to give and take away life. Candles are lit in and around homes. Muslims believe that after death, the soul is judged and moves to heaven or hell. Funerals require that the body be washed, the nostrils and ears be plugged with cotton or cloth, and the body be wrapped in a white shroud. The body is buried or entombed in a brick or concrete structure. In Hinduism, reincarnation is expected and one's actions throughout life determine one's future lives. As the family mourns and close relatives shave their heads, the body is transported to the funeral ghat, bank along the river, where prayers are recited. The body is to be placed on a pyre and cremated, and the ashes are thrown into the river. History According to ancient Indian texts, the Vanga Kingdom, one of the namesakes of the Bengal region, was a strong naval power. Some of these ancient principalities were noted for their overseas trade, contacts with the Roman world, the export of fine muslin and silk to the Middle East, and spreading of philosophy and art to the Southeast Asian area. Two decades after Vasco da Gama's landing in Calicut, the Bengal Sultanate gave permission for the Portuguese settlement in Chittagong to be established in 1528. It became the first European colonial enclave of Bengal. Other Portuguese settlements were established in a few cities, including Dhaka. In 1535, the Portuguese allied with the Bengal Sultan and held the Teliagari Pass, 
280 kilometers from Patna, helping to avoid the invasion by the Mughals. By then, several of the products came from Patna, and the Portuguese sent in traders, establishing a factory there. Portuguese ships from Goa and Malacca began frequenting the port city in the 16th century. The Cartaz system was introduced and required all ships in the area to purchase naval trading licenses from the Portuguese settlement. Slave trade and piracy flourished. The nearby island of Sandwip was conquered in 1602. In 1615, the Portuguese navy defeated a joint Dutch East India Company and a Rakhanese fleet near the coast of Chittagong. Bengal was the wealthiest region in the Indian subcontinent, and its proto-industrial economy showed signs of driving an industrial revolution. The region has been described as the paradise of nations, and its inhabitants, living standards, and real wages were among the highest in the world. It alone accounted for 40% of Dutch imports outside the European continent. The eastern part of Bengal was globally prominent in industries such as textile manufacturing and shipbuilding, and it was a major exporter of silk and cotton textiles, steel, saltpeter, and agricultural and industrial produce in the world. In 1666, the Mughal government of Bengal, led by Viceroy Shaista Khan, moved to retake Chittagong from Portuguese and Arakanese control. The Anglo-Mughal War was witnessed in 1686. Islam was introduced during the Pala Empire through trade with the Abbasid Caliphate. In the early 1700s, the region became a semi-independent state under the Nawabs of Bengal. The last Nawab of Bengal was defeated by the British East India Company at the Battle of Plassey in 1757, and the whole region fell under company rule by 1793. At this time, Bangladesh was known as the East Bengal Province. The capital amassed by the East India Company in Bengal was invested in the emerging industrial revolution in Great Britain in industries such as textile manufacturing. The economic mismanagement directly led to the Great Bengal Famine of 1770, which is estimated to have caused the deaths of about 10 million people, as a third of the population in the affected region starved to death. Several rebellions broke out during the early 19th century, including one led by Taitamir, as company rule had displaced the Muslim ruling class from power. A conservative Islamic cleric, Haji Sharia Tullah, sought to overthrow the British by propagating Islamic revivalism. Several towns in Bangladesh participated in the Indian Rebellion of 1857 and pledged allegiance to the last Mughal emperor, Badahur Shah Zafar, who was later exiled to neighboring Burma. Bengal had the highest gross domestic product in British India. Bengal was one of the first regions in Asia to have a railway in what is now Bangladesh which began operating in 1862. Railways competed with waterborne transport to become one of the main mediums of transport. The challenge posed to company rule by the failed Indian mutiny led to the creation of the British Indian Empire as a crown colony. The British established several schools, colleges, and a university in what is now Bangladesh. In 1947, the British colonial rule ended in India, which brought about the partitioning of the land into the Hindu-majority India 
and the Muslim-majority East and West Pakistan. The province of East Bengal was made part of Pakistan and was referred to as East Pakistan. West Pakistan was carved from the northwest provinces of the British Indian Empire. The west and east wings of Pakistan were separated by more than 1,000 miles of India, creating cultural discontinuity between the two wings. The ethnic groups of Pakistan and the Indian Muslims who left India after the partition were greatly different in language and way of life from the former East Bengalis. West Pakistan was more oriented toward the Middle East and Arab Islamic influence than was East Pakistan, which contained Hindu, Buddhist, Islamic, and British cultural influences. West Pakistanis generally viewed Bengalis as inferior, weak, and less Islamic. From the beginning of Pakistan's creation, the Bengali population in the East was more numerous than the Pakistani population in the Western Wing. Yet, West Pakistan became the seat of government and controlled nearly all national resources. According to senior World Bank officials, Pakistan practiced extensive economic discrimination against East Pakistan. Greater government spending on West Pakistan, financial transfers from East to West Pakistan, and the use of East Pakistan's foreign exchange surpluses to finance West Pakistani imports. Ethnic and linguistic discrimination was common in Pakistan's civil and military services in which Bengalis were underrepresented. Cultural discrimination also prevailed, making East Pakistan forge a distinct political identity. Pakistan banned Bengali literature and music in state media, including the works of Nobel laureate Rabindranath Tagore. Through the 1960s, the Bengali public welcomed a message that stressed the uniqueness of Bengali culture, and this formed the basis for calls for self-determination or autonomy. In the late 1960s, the Pakistani government attempted to forestall scheduled elections. The elections were held on the 7th of December 1970, and Pakistanis voted directly for members of the National Assembly. After the December 1970 elections, Calls for the independence of East Bengal became louder. The Bengali Nationalist Awami League won 167 of 169 East Pakistani seats in the National Assembly. The League claimed the right to form a government and develop a new constitution, but was strongly opposed by the Pakistani military and the Pakistan People's Party. The Bengali population was angered when Prime Minister-elect Sheikh Mujibur Rahman was prevented from taking the office. Civil disobedience erupted across East Pakistan with calls for independence. The flag of Bangladesh was raised for the first time on March 23rd, Pakistan's Republic Day. On March 25th, late in the evening, the Pakistani military junta led by Yahya Khan launched a sustained military assault on East Pakistan under the codename of Operation Searchlight. The Pakistan army arrested Sheikh Mujibur Rahman and flew him away to Karachi. However, before his arrest, Mujibur proclaimed the independence of Bangladesh at midnight on March 26, which led the Bangladesh Liberation War to break out within hours. The Pakistan army continued to massacre Bengali students 
intellectuals, politicians, civil servants, and military defectors in the 1971 Bangladesh genocide. While the Mukti Bahini and other Bengali guerrilla forces created strong resistance throughout the country. During the war, an estimated 0.3 to 3 million people were killed and several million people took shelter in neighboring India. Global public opinion turned against Pakistan as news of the atrocities spread. During the Bangladesh Liberation War, Bengali nationalists declared independence and formed the Mukti Bahini, or the Bangladeshi National Liberation Army. The Provisional Government of Bangladesh was established on April 17, 1971, converting the 469 elected members of the Pakistani National Assembly and East Pakistani Provincial Assembly into the Constituent Assembly of Bangladesh. With a joint ground advance by Bangladeshi and Indian forces, coupled with airstrikes by both India and the small Bangladeshi air contingent, the capital Dhaka was liberated from Pakistani occupation in mid-December. During the last phase of the war, both the Soviet Union and the United States dispatched naval forces to the Bay of Bengal in a Cold War standoff. The nine-month-long war ended with the surrender of Pakistani armed forces to the Bangladesh-India Allied Forces on December 16, 1971. Under international pressure, Pakistan released Rahman from imprisonment on January 8, 1972, and he was flown by the British Royal Air Force to a million-strong homecoming in Dhaka. Remaining Indian troops were withdrawn by March 12, 1972, three months after the war ended. In 1975, founding President Sheikh Mujibur Rahman and most of his family were killed during a military coup ending civilian rule. Martial law was then imposed. In 1981, President Ziar Rahman was assassinated during an abortive military coup. In 1982, General Hussein Muhammad Ershad seized power in a coup, he suspended the constitution and political parties. In 1986, Ershad lifted martial law and reinstated the constitution. In 1988, Bangladesh faced the worst flooding in their history. This caused approximately $2 billion in damages and displaced an estimated 28 million people. In 1990, President Ershad stepped down following mass protests. In 1991, Begum Khaleda Zia, widow of President Ziar Rahman, became prime minister, shifting the power away from the president, and the country returned to a parliamentary system of government. In 1996, Sheikh Hasina Wajid, daughter of Sheikh Mujibur Rahman, came into power. In 1998, two-thirds of the country was devastated by the worst floods ever. Fifteen former army officers were sentenced to death for involvement in assassination of President Mujibur in 1975. In 2002, the government introduced a law making acid attacks punishable by death amid public anger over escalating violence against women. Then in 2004, Parliament amended the Constitution to reserve 45 seats for females. In 2009, Around 74 people, mainly army officers, were killed in a mutiny in Dhaka by border guards 
unhappy with pay and conditions. Police arrested some 700 guards. Three months later, 1,000 additional guards were detained. In 2013, over 1,000 workers were killed after a garment factory collapsed, prompting European retailers to sign an agreement to provide safer working conditions in their buildings. From 2014 to 2017, Bangladesh faced a campaign of violence by Islamists against bloggers, atheists, and secular intellectuals. Current Political and Humanitarian Issues Bangladesh scores 39 out of 100 by Freedom House for the year 2021. It is considered partly free. Journalists were increasingly persecuted for reporting corruption and criticizing the government's COVID-19 policies. The Draconian Digital Security Act, or DSA, of 2018 was widely enforced to curtail freedom of expression. Police and other law enforcement agencies continued to carry out extrajudicial executions. Violence against women increased during the COVID-19 pandemic. Implementation of the Chittagong Hill Tracks Agreement remained stalled, and a crackdown on indigenous activists intensified. People's right to health care was not adequately protected or fulfilled during the pandemic. Bangladesh continued to shelter nearly one million Rohingya refugees from Myanmar as little progress was achieved towards their safe, dignified return. Refugees The Rohingya are a stateless Muslim minority in Myanmar. Before the displacement crisis, an estimated 1.4 million Rohingya in Myanmar, known as Bangali, lived in the country. The latest exodus began on the 25th of August 2017, when violence broke out in Myanmar's Rakhine state, driving more than 742,000 to seek refuge in neighboring Bangladesh. Most arrived in the first three months of the crisis. Since then, Bangladesh kept its commitment under international law not to force returns and allowed ashore refugees stranded at sea who were pushed back by other governments. However, with their welcome wearing thin, the government's policies violated basic rights, including building barbed wire fencing around the camps and shutting off internet access for nearly a year, which violated rights to freedom of expression and access to information and hampered aid workers' ability to coordinate emergency responses, conduct contact tracing, and share critical information about COVID-19. Authorities also arbitrarily detained over 300 refugees on Basan, Char Island, while refusing to allow a safety assessment or protection visit by United Nations experts. The government has since taken positive steps by restoring internet in the refugee camps after a nearly year-long internet blackout and promising to allow refugees to study under the formal Myanmar curriculum through secondary school. On September 30, 2021, the United Nations and United States spoke out over the killing of Rohingya refugee leader Mohib Ullah and called on Bangladeshi authorities to investigate his shooting. Mohib Ullah, who was in his late 40s, was killed by unknown gunmen in a camp in Cox's Bazar. He led one of the largest of several community groups of Rohingya Muslims. 
the UN urges the Bangladeshi authorities to undertake an investigation and to hold those responsible to account, UN spokesperson Stephanie Tremblay told a press briefing in New York. Detention of people. Authorities released from detention nearly 3,000 people convicted of minor offenses and granted bail to over 20,000 people being held in pretrial detention in order to reduce crowding and protect against the spread of COVID-19 in prisons. However, those being held in detention for criticizing the ruling party were not included in these releases. Juvenile detention centers granted bail to nearly 500 children in the wake of the pandemic. But, according to UNICEF, more than 1,000 children awaiting trial or sentenced for petty crimes remained in detention. Freedom of Speech Many external agencies repeatedly criticized the government for stifling free speech and violating international law. The government silenced healthcare workers and cracked down on those who spoke out over a lack of personal protective equipment, or PPE, and resources for treating COVID-19. Authorities continued to forcibly disappear critics and deny justice for victims and their families. Security forces continued to commit extrajudicial killings with near-complete impunity. Gender-Based Crimes According to Bangladesh human rights organization Ain O. Salish Kendra, 975 women and girls were reportedly raped in the first nine months of 2020, and 235 women were murdered by their husband or his family. NGOs reported a marked increase in reports of domestic violence during the nationwide lockdown instituted to stop the spread of COVID-19. Yet, survivors faced further reductions to already limited options for safe shelter, or other protection measures, as well as significant obstacles to legal recourse. In the 1990s, there was a movement of violence against women, mostly aged 13 to 35 years, where acid was thrown on them for various reasons, leaving them disfigured or causing their deaths. These included family feuds, dowry demands, land disputes, declined proposals to marry or to get into a relationship, preventing the husband from divorcing his wife, or from a second marriage. The number of acid violence incidents declined after the movement in the 90s and onward, but there has been an upward trend recently, possibly linked to the effects of the coronavirus pandemic. The surge in acid attacks in 2002 led the government to pass a stringent law to curb the crime, introducing death as the maximum punishment. Some women are killed for their dowry. Others are beaten or set on fire out of anger or vengeance by their husbands. In some cases, some are even strangled, then hung in such a way to simulate a suicide. Under the existing dowry system, a bride's family must pay her future groom a sum of money. The practice first appeared some 50 years ago. Before that, would-be husbands had to pay, instead, a bride price to the woman's family, in accordance with Islamic law. The change appears to be the result of an imbalance in the country's demography, as there were more women than men of marriageable age at that time. A law banning dowries has been adopted and changed over the years. Nevertheless, it is not enforced. Prime Minister Sheikh Hasina committed to end marriage for girls under 15 by 2021, but there was little meaningful progress during the year. 
Instead, a special provision remained in effect that allows for child marriage in special cases with permission of their parents and a court. Section 377 of the Bangladeshi Penal Code punishes carnal intercourse against the order of nature by up to life imprisonment. Though the government took an important step in recognizing hijras as a third gender in practice, it remained difficult for hijras to access health care and other government services, a problem exacerbated during the COVID-19 pandemic. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people and advocates in Bangladesh continued to face violence and threats of violence without adequate protection from the police. Terrorism. There are a few terrorist groups known in the country, Harakat-ul-e-Jihad Islami, ISIS, and Al-Qaeda. Illegal drugs. It is a transit country for illegal drugs produced in neighboring countries. Government. It is a parliamentary democracy. The chief of state is the president, and the head of government is the prime minister. The country is divided into eight administrative divisions and 64 districts. Executive. The government of Bangladesh is overseen by a cabinet headed by the prime minister of Bangladesh. The tenure of a parliamentary government is five years. The Bangladesh Civil Service assists the cabinet in running the government. Recruitment for the civil service is based on a public examination. The President of Bangladesh is the ceremonial head of state, whose powers include signing bills passed by Parliament into law. The President is elected by the Parliament and has a five-year term. Under the Constitution, the President acts on the advice of the Prime Minister. The President is the Supreme Commander of the Bangladesh Armed Forces and the Chancellor of all universities. The Prime Minister is appointed by the President, with no term limits. Judicial The Supreme Court is the highest judicial power. The head of the judiciary is the Chief Justice of Bangladesh, who sits on the Supreme Court. Supreme Court judges are appointed by the President. The mandatory retirement age for judges is 67. Legislative The unicameral national parliament are tasked with carrying out foreign and domestic policies. There are 350 members of parliament, or MPs, with 50 MPs appointed to reserved seats for women. They are elected by popular vote from single territorial constituencies. They serve a five-year term. Military. Active personnel are 204,000. In addition to traditional defense roles, the military has supported civil authorities in disaster relief and provided internal security during periods of political unrest. For many years, Bangladesh has been the world's largest contributor to UN peacekeeping forces. The Bangladesh Navy has the third largest fleet of countries dependent on the Bay of Bengal, including guided missile frigates, submarines, cutters, and aircraft. The Bangladesh Air Force is equipped with several Russian multi-role fighter jets. Bangladesh cooperates defensively with the United States Armed Forces, participating in the Cooperation of Float Readiness and Training exercises. Ties between the Bangladeshi and the Indian military exist with high-level visits by the military chiefs of both countries.
most of Bangladesh's military equipment comes from China. In 2019, Bangladesh ratified the UN Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons. It is a member of the Asia-Pacific Trade Agreement, the South Asian Association for Regional Cooperation, the Commonwealth of Nations, the United Nations, the Organization of Islamic Cooperation, as well as other organizations. Bangladesh's most politically important bilateral relationship is with neighboring India. In 2015, major Indian newspapers called Bangladesh a trusted friend. Bangladesh and India are South Asia's largest trading partners. The countries are collaborating in regional economic and infrastructure projects. Pakistan and Bangladesh have a $550 million trade relationship in U.S. dollars amount, particularly in Pakistani cotton imports for the Bangladeshi textile industry. Although Bangladeshi and Pakistani businesses have invested in each other, diplomatic relations are strained because of Pakistani's denial of the 1971 Bangladesh genocide. China and Bangladesh established bilateral relations in 1976, which have significantly strengthened, and the country is considered a cost-effective source of arms for the Bangladeshi military. Japan is Bangladesh's largest economic aid provider in the form of loans, and the countries have common political goals. The United Kingdom has long-standing economic, cultural, and military links with Bangladesh. The United States is a major economic and security partner, its largest export market and foreign investor. Relations with other countries are generally positive. Relations with Middle Eastern countries are friendly and bounded by religion and culture. Politics has long been dominated by bitter rivalry between two women, Sheikh Hasina and Khalida Zia of the Bangladesh Nationalist Party. Both have been prime minister at various times since 1991. Their hostility stems in part from differences over who played a greater role in the country's independent struggle. Hasina's father, Sheikh Mujibur Rahman, or Khalida Zia's husband, General Ziar Rahman. They sank their differences when military ruler Hussein Mohammed Ershad was in power from 1982 to 1990, but they have been uncompromising rivals ever since. Citizenship Citizenship is not granted by birth. For descent only, at least one parent must be a citizen of Bangladesh. Dual citizenship is recognized but limited to select countries. Residency requirement for naturalization is five years. Universal suffrage is 18 years of age. Economy Bangladesh has a very rural and agricultural-based population. 70% of its population and 77% of its workforce live in rural areas. Nearly 50% of the country's workforce is directly employed by agriculture, with rice as the single most important product. More than half of GDP is generated through the service sector. Virtually all agricultural output is consumed within the country, and grain must be imported. Fish is a staple food of Bangladesh and the main source of protein. There are hundreds of varieties, including carp, salmon, pomfret, shrimp, catfish, and many local varieties. Dried fish is considered a delicacy in many parts of the country. 
While much of the fish is consumed domestically, Bangladesh exports a sizable quantity of freshwater fish to India and other neighboring countries, and freshwater shrimp and lobster are exported to a few countries. Garments are the backbone of Bangladesh's industrial sector. Bangladesh scores 56.5 out of 100 and ranks 120th in the world for economic freedom, according to Heritage for 2021. Its overall score is below the regional and world averages. Its natural resources are natural gas, arable land, timber, and coal. 2021 has seen increases in food insecurity brought on by income losses and a decline in remittances caused by the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. Exports. This amounts to $46.36 billion in the amount of U.S. dollars in goods and services. Major export goods are non-knit men's suits, knit t-shirts, knit sweaters, non-knit women's suits, and non-knit men's shirts. Top services exported are government services, other business services, and transportation. Major export partners are United States, Germany, United Kingdom, Spain, and France. Imports. These value $64.86 billion in U.S. dollars value in goods and services. Major import goods are refined petroleum, raw cotton, petroleum gas, heavy pure woven cotton, and scrap iron. Top services imported are transportation, financial services, and other business services. Major import partners are China, India, Singapore, Malaysia, and Indonesia. The poverty rate is 20.5%. That was from 2019. Unemployment rate, 5.3% from 2020. Note, about 40% of the population is underemployed. Many persons who are counted as employed work only a few hours a week and at low wages. Urbanism and Architecture The capital of Dhaka is the fifth largest city in the world, but it is the world's most densely populated according to the World Economic Forum, with 44,500 people per square kilometer. Dhaka is the world's least livable city according to the Economist Intelligence Unit Livability Report after Damascus, which is the capital of a country at war. Unsurprisingly, this is because of poverty, unemployment, dire infrastructure, constant traffic, and high levels of pollution. Dhaka is the 17th most polluted city in the world. People flock to the city since rural life provides little opportunity for work. Because of traffic, they choose to live as close to work as possible. This has caused many to live in very small spaces, often several to a room. Walking also has its risks, dodging rickshaws, dogs, motorbikes, bicycles, pull carts, and people coming from everywhere. Chittagong is the largest seaport, and it's the second largest city. Bangladesh is still primarily a rural culture, with most people identifying with an ancestral village in the countryside. Houses and villages are commonly rectangular and are dried mud, bamboo, or red brick structures with thatch roofs. Many are built on top of earthen or wooden platforms to keep them above the floodline. Houses have little interior decoration, 
and wall space is reserved for storage. Furniture is minimal, often consisting only of low stools. People sleep on thin bamboo mats. Houses have verandas in the front, and much of daily life takes place under their eaves rather than indoors. A separate smaller mud or bamboo structure serves as a kitchen, but during the dry season many women construct hearths and cook in the household courtyard. Rural houses are simple and functional. The village household is a patrilineal extended compound linked to a pond used for daily household needs, a nearby river that provides fish, trees that provide fruit, mostly mango and jackfruit, and rice fields. The village and the household not only embody important natural motifs, but serve as the locus of ancestral family identity. Urban dwellers try to make at least one trip per year to their village. In the countryside, typically about 10 villages are linked in a market system that centers on a bazaar occurring at least once per week. On bazaar days, villagers bring in agricultural produce or crafts, such as water pots to sell to town and city agents. Farmers then visit kiosks to purchase spices, kerosene, soap, vegetables or fish, and salt. Architectural styles in the cities show numerous historical influences, including Mughal and Islamic motifs, with curved arches, windows, and minarets, and square British colonial wood and concrete construction. The National Parliament Building in Dhaka, designed by the American architect Louis Kahn, reflects a synthesis of modern Western style and curved Islamic-influence spaces. The National Monument in Savar, a wide-based spire that becomes narrower as it rises, is the symbol of the country's liberation. The historical prevalence of Islamic arts in Bangladesh is especially evident in the many mosques, mausoleums, forts, and gateways that have survived from the Mughal period. Like Muslim architecture elsewhere in the subcontinent, these structures are characterized by the pointed arch, the dome, and the minaret. Family and Households The average farm owner has less than three acres of land divided into several small plots, scattered in different directions from the household. Property is sold only in cases of family emergency, since agricultural land is the primary means of survival. Ordinarily, among Muslims, land is inherited equally by a household head's sons, despite Islamic laws that specify shares for daughters and wives. Among Hindu farmers, inheritance practices are similar. When agricultural land is partitioned, each plot is divided among a man's sons, ensuring that each one has a geographically dispersed holding. The only sections of rural areas that are not privately owned are rivers and paths. Women traditionally are in charge of household affairs and are not encouraged to move outside the immediate neighborhood unaccompanied. Thus, most women's economic and social lives revolve around the home, children, and family. Islamic practice reserves prayer inside the mosque for males only. Women practice religion within the home. Men are expected to be the heads of their households and to work outside the home. Men often do most of the shopping, since that requires interaction in crowded markets. Men spend a lot of time socializing with other men outside the home. The most common unit is the patrilineally related extended family living in a household called a bari. 
A bari is composed of a husband and wife, their unmarried children, and their adult sons with their wives and children. Grandparents also may be present, as well as patrilineal-related brothers, cousins, nieces, and nephews. The oldest man is the authority figure, although the oldest woman may exert considerable authority within the household. A bari in rural areas is composed of three or four houses which face each other to form a square courtyard in which common tasks are done. Food supplies often are shared, and young couples must contribute their earnings to the household head. However, cooking is often done within the constituent nuclear family units. Marriage Marriage is almost always an arranged affair, and it takes place when the parents, particularly the father, decide that a child should be married. Men marry typically around age 25 or older, and women marry between ages 15 and 20. Thus, the husband is usually at least 10 years older than the wife. Muslims allow polygamous marriage, but its occurrence is rare and is dependent on a man's ability to support multiple households. A parent who decides that a child is ready to marry may contact agencies, go-betweens, relatives, and friends to find an appropriate mate. Of immediate concern are the status and characteristics of the potential in-law's family. Generally, an equal match is sought in terms of family economic status, educational background, and piousness. A father may allow his child to choose among five or six potential mates providing the child with the relevant data on each candidate. It is customary for the child to rule out clearly unacceptable candidates, leaving a slate of candidates from which the father can choose. An arrangement between two families may be sealed with an agreement on a dowry and the types of gifts to be made to the groom. Among the educated, the dowry practice is no longer prevalent. Divorce is a source of social stigma. A Muslim man may initiate a divorce by stating, I divorce you, three times. But very strong family pressure ordinarily ensures that divorces do not occur. A divorce can be most difficult for the woman who must return to her parents' household. Child-rearing Children are raised within the extended family and learn early that individual desires are secondary to the needs of the family group. Following orders is expected based on age, and an adult or older child's commands must be obeyed as a sign of respect. Child care falls primarily to household women and their daughters. Boys have more latitude for movement outside the household. Between ages 5 and 10, boys undergo a circumcision, usually during the cool months. Islamic inheritance rules specify that a daughter should receive one-half the share of a son. However, this practice is rarely followed, and upon a household head's death, property is divided equally among his sons. Daughters may receive produce and gifts from their brothers when they visit as compensation for their lack of an inheritance. A widow may receive a share of her husband's property, but this is rare. Sons, however, are custom-bound to care for their mothers who retain significant power over the rest of the household. Etiquette Personal interaction is initiated with the greeting, As-salam walaykum, or peace be with you, to which the required response is, Walaikum as-salam, and with you. Among Hindus, the correct greeting is nomoshkar, as the hands are brought together under the chin. Men may shake hands if they are of equal status, but do not grasp hands firmly. 
Respect is expressed after a handshake by placing the right hand over the heart. Men and women do not shake hands with each other. In same-sex conversation, touching is common and individuals may stand or sit very close. When greeting an elder, many younger people will touch the feet of the elder with the right hand and then touch the hand to their lips and forehead as a sign of respect. Foreigners are not expected to do this, but should when meeting those of extremely high status like a religious leader or guru. For a close relative or friend, you usually speak directly. For a distant acquaintance or a professional contact, it is more customary to speak indirectly. Individuals with higher status are not addressed by personal name. Instead, a title or kinship term is used. Visitors are always asked to sit, and if no chairs are available, a low stool or a bamboo mat is provided. It is considered improper for a visitor to sit on the floor or ground. It is incumbent on the host to offer guests something to eat. In crowded public places that provide services, such as train stations, the post office, or bazaars, queuing is not practiced, and receiving service is dependent on pushing and maintaining one's place within the throng. Culture The Muslim class system is like a caste structure. The Ashraf is a small, upper class of old money descendants of early Muslim officials and merchants whose roots are in Afghanistan, Turkey, and Iran. Some Ashraf families trace their lineage to the Prophet Muhammad. The rest of the population is conceived of as the indigenous majority Atraf. This distinction mirrors the Hindu separation between the Brahmin and those in lower castes. While both Muslim and Hindu categories are recognized by educated people, most citizens envision class in a more localized, rural context. In rural areas, class is linked to the amount of land owned, occupation, and education. A landowner with more than five acres is at the top of the socioeconomic scale, and small subsistence farmers are in the middle. At the bottom of the scale are the landless rural households that account for about 30% of the rural population. Land-owning status reflects socioeconomic class position in rural areas, although occupation and education also play a role. The most highly educated people hold positions requiring literacy and mathematical skills, such as in banks and government offices, and are generally accorded a higher status than our farmers. Small businessmen may earn as much as those who have jobs requiring an education, but have a lower social status. One of the most obvious symbols of class status is dress. The traditional garment for men is the lungi, a cloth tube skirt that hangs to the ankles. For women, the sari is the norm. The lungi is worn by most men except those who consider themselves to have high socioeconomic status, among whom pants and shirt are worn. Also indicative of high standing are loose white cotton pajama-like pants and a long white shirt. White dress among men symbolizes an occupation that does not require physical labor. A man with high standing will not be seen physically carrying anything. That task is left to an assistant or laborer. Saris also serve as class markers, with elaborate and finely worked cloth symbolizing high status. Poverty is marked by the cheap, rough, green, or indigo cotton cloth saris of poor women. 
gold jewelry indicates a high social standing among women. A concrete-faced house and a ceramic tile roof provide evidence of wealth. An automobile is well beyond the means of most people, and a motorcycle is a sign of status. Color televisions, telephones, and electricity are other symbols associated with wealth. Time tends to be very casually viewed and maintained in most areas of the country. It is customary to be late to start meetings or social events, so many people often show up late. This is true both for personal and professional pursuits. In a social setting, friends may arrive more than two hours late. Private bus services nowadays mostly run on time. The government train service is not too bad in being punctual, except when there are accidents or other unavoidable delays, which are common. People give of their time freely, except when they're trying to avoid you. Depending on the area, women's rights are either somewhat established, dawning, or basically non-existent. In most rural areas, women are seen as caregivers, mothers, and not much more. While opportunities for women in urban areas are increasing, there is still a great disparity with men. Women do generally work in urban areas when they are living there, so a family that is middle class or above will hire help to raise children. Women are usually polite and keep their gestures small to avoid attracting attention. It is common to remove one's shoes at places of worship, when visiting people's homes, and even in certain shops and businesses. A good rule to follow is if you see shoes arranged near the door, take yours off as well. In the way of gestures, the head wobble, which is common, can mean yes and not no. It depends on the angle and expression and the speed to determine which is which. The thumbs-up sign is considered a rude gesture. Kissing or hugging in public is a major taboo. Smoking or talking loudly in front of elders is considered rude. In general, loud behavior, including any expression of anger, is to be avoided. Avoid giving or receiving anything with your left hand. Always use the right. This goes for eating and drinking as well. The Bangladeshi street food tradition is very popular. Street food represents a big yet highly disorganized industry in Bangladesh. Street foods are cheap and an attractive alternative to home-cooked meals. They are an essential source of food and nutrition for people with low income and a source of livelihood for many. The street food business has been expanding rapidly, including the rise of the unregulated street food sector. An initiative has been put into place which provides vendors with new street food carts designed to minimize food contamination during preparation. Vendors were trained in good hygiene practices and continuously monitored by a food safety team trained by Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations. Legal Issues Drinking is illegal and punishable by prison sentence, except for licensed drinkers and distributors. However, because the laws are generally not well enforced, many people do drink covertly. The legal smoking age is 15, but it's not readily enforced. Many kids, beginning in grades 6 or 7, smoke. Penalties for possession, use, or trafficking in illegal drugs are severe, and convicted offenders can expect long jail sentences and heavy fines. Drugs are more available than alcohol. 
Use of all substances is punishable with jail time and fines, as the country is governed by Sharia law, but avoidable with a substantial bribe. Smoking cigarettes is permissible, although not common. Doing business. Dress is quite conservative for both men and women. Dark suits for men, opting for easily removed shoes. Women wear business suits or dresses with appropriate blouses, avoiding tight-fitting or revealing clothing, as well as sleeveless attire. Dresses shouldn't reveal much of the legs. Titles are important to use followed by the surname. Many people refer to one another using the surname followed by the suffix G. This is used as a sign of respect. It's best to wait to be invited before using someone's first name. Arriving on time is appreciated for meetings, although you may be kept waiting. A fair amount of small talk will take place. It's best to defer to the senior person in the room. Periods of silence are considered acceptable and are expected. Avoid interrupting and talking over someone if possible. As most Bengali value an indirect communication style, it is likely they will avoid using no in answering questions. They tend to say maybe or that might be. Gifts are not usually exchanged at the first business meeting. If invited to a Bengali home, it is appropriate to bring chocolates, pastries, or sweets. Avoid bringing wine or any liquor. Gifts are not to be opened when they are received. It's best to do this in private and it's best to give and receive gifts with both hands. Education The literacy rate for females is 72%, and for males, 77.4%. There are public schools and private schools. The public schools are older and typically have 60 to 70 kids per classroom and lack proper resources. These are government-funded, and books are provided for free. Private schools usually have well-equipped classrooms with computers, projectors, and other audiovisual equipment. But these schools usually have high tuition fees, and only a small, privileged group of kids can afford to go there. Both public and private schools are well-disciplined. Students have to attend daily parades, and the day usually begins with reciting the national anthem. Uniforms are mandatory in both public and private schools. The teacher-student relationship here is very warm and children greet their teachers warmly. Most children begin school at age 5 or 6 and attendance tends to drop off as children become more productive within the household for a female and more productive in agricultural economy for a male. About 75% of children attend primary school and enrollment in the secondary level is a mere 42%. The higher a family's socioeconomic status, the more likely it is for both boys and girls to finish their primary educations. Relatively few families can afford to send their children to college, about 17%, and even fewer children attend a university. Those who enter a university usually come from relatively well-off families. While school attendance drops off overall as the grades increase, Females stop attending school earlier than do males. Great value is placed on higher education, and those who have university degrees and professional qualifications are accorded high status. In rural areas, the opportunities for individuals with such experience are limited, 
Thus, most educated people are concentrated in urban areas. Bangladesh has a number of excellent universities in its largest urban areas that offer both undergraduate through postgraduate degrees. Health. The pluralistic healthcare system includes healers such as physicians, non-professionally trained doctors, Ayurveda practitioners, homeopaths, fakirs, and naturopaths. In rural areas for non-life-threatening acute conditions, the type of healer consulted depends largely on local reputation. In many places, the patient consults a homeopath or a non-professional doctor who is familiar with local remedies as well as modern medical practices. Professional physicians are consulted by the educated and by those who have not received relief from any other sources. Commonly, people pursue alternative treatments simultaneously, visiting a fakir for an amulet, an imam for blessed oil, and a physician for medicine. A nationally run system of public hospitals provides free service. However, prescriptions and some medical supplies are the responsibility of patients and their families. The general level of sanitation and health care in Bangladesh are far below United States and European standards. There is limited ambulance service in Bangladesh, and attendants seldom are trained to provide a high level of care. Several hospitals in Dhaka have emergency rooms that are equipped at the level of a community hospital, but most expatriates leave the country for all but the simplest medical procedures. Ayurveda beliefs, based on humoral theories, are common among both Hindus and Muslims. These beliefs are commonly expressed through the categorization of the inherent hot or cold properties of foods. An imbalance in hot or cold food intake is believed to lead to sickness. Health is restored when the imbalance is counteracted through dietary means. Bangladesh is one of the least obese countries in the world. A 2017 study ranked Bangladesh as the third least obese nation after India and Vietnam, with less than 5% of the population suffering from obesity. This is even though Bangladeshi food is carbohydrate-heavy, and includes lots of fried foods like deep-fried fish, snacks like samosa, or biryani. Locals stay healthy by walking a lot, and almost 65% of the population live in the rural areas, living an agriculture-based lifestyle, and requires a lot of physical work. The highly pathogenic H5N1 avian influenza has been identified in this country. Food and waterborne diseases include bacterial and protozoal diarrhea, hepatitis A and E, and typhoid fever. Vector-borne diseases are dengue fever and malaria. Tuberculosis is a major public health problem and endemic. The percent of underweight children under 5 years of age is 36.8. About 85% of the population has improved water. Life expectancy. For males, 72.25 years. For females, 76.7 years. This number is from 2021. Infant mortality rate is 31.13 deaths out of 1,000 live births. For every 1,000 babies born in Bangladesh in 2019, 31 died before their fifth birthday. Food. Rice and fish are the foundation of the diet. 
spicy food is preferred. Food is often marinated in shura, which is chopped onions and spices marinated in cooking oil. Aside from carrots and cucumbers, all vegetables are fried. Fish, meats, poultry, and vegetables are cooked in spicy curry sauces that incorporate cumin, coriander, cloves, cinnamon, garlic, and other spices. Muslims do not consume pork, and Hindus do not consume beef. Breakfast is the meal that varies the most, being rice or bread-based. A favorite breakfast dish is panta bhat, leftover cold rice in water or milk mixed with gur, which is a date palm sugar. Increasingly common is the preparation of ruti, a whole wheat circular flatbread, in the morning which is eaten with curries from the night before. A typical meal consists of a large bowl of rice to which is added small portions of fish and vegetable curries. Also important to the diet is dal, a thin soup based on ground lentils, chickpeas, or other legumes that is poured over rice. A sweet homemade yogurt commonly finishes a meal. Snacks include fruits such as banana, mango, and jackfruit, as well as puffed rice and small fried food items. For many men, especially in urbanized regions and bazaars, no day is complete without a cup of sweet tea with milk at a small tea stall, sometimes accompanied by confections. Three meals are consumed daily. Water is the most common beverage. Before the meal, the right hand is washed with water above the eating bowl. With the clean knuckles of the right hand, the interior of the bowl is rubbed, the water is discarded, and the bowl is filled with food. After the meal, one washes the right hand again, holding it over the emptied bowl. Food is eaten with the right hand by mixing the curry into the rice and then gathering portions with the fingertips. Food is not passed around the table. Instead, plates are taken to a main dish for serving. Bangladeshis don't usually use knives or forks while eating at home. Spoons are used to eat dessert, which is not commonly served at mealtime. In city restaurants that cater to foreigners, many people use silverware. Some popular dishes. Ilish Machur Paturi. This is the national dish of Bangladesh. It is made with ilish fish that has been marinated with ground spices before it's wrapped in banana leaves and steamed or roasted. The ingredients used in the dish typically include mustard paste, chili peppers, mustard oil, and turmeric. A little bit of the marinade is usually saved and poured over the fish after it's been cooked. The dish is traditionally accompanied by rice on the side. Chotpoti This traditional Bengali dish consists of chickpeas and diced potatoes that are served in a tamarind-based sauce. Typical additions include onions, boiled eggs, sliced green chili peppers, and fresh mint or cilantro, while the sauce is usually spiced with cumin and chili powder. The whole dish is occasionally topped with cucumbers, boiled eggs, as well as crackers or crumbled puri, which is fried bread shells. Chotpoti is popular in Bangladesh and West Bengal, and it's typically associated with special occasions such as Eid, though it's also a favorite everyday snack and a common street food. Jilapi. Although it's believed to have its origins in Persia, it is an international dessert with variations that spread throughout the Middle East, India, and Asia.
In its basic form, the sweet dessert is created by combining flour with yogurt or ghee, as well as baking soda or yeast, to create a batter, which is then poured in circular patterns directly into the sizzling oil. The final result is a crispy treat that is doused in a thick syrup, which can be flavored with rose water, saffron, honey, orange blossom water, or cardamom. In both Iran and India, jalapi is served on special occasions, and it's usually sprinkled with chopped pistachios or saffron threads. Cham Cham is a traditional sweet from Bangladesh consisting of homemade cottage cheese called chana, which is cooked in sugar syrup. It is often flavored with lemon juice and cardamom powder. The sweet treat can be served in a few different varieties, with chopped nuts, malai cream, or grated coconut. Baguni is a simple dish made from deep-fried eggplant slices. The variations may include dipping the slices in batter or coating them with various combination of flour and spices. The batter is usually prepared with rice and graham flour, while the typical blend of spices include turmeric, chili powder, and cumin. This is eaten both in Bangladesh and India. It's served with a yogurt-based sauce or chutney on the side, and it's usually enjoyed as a snack or street food. Paratha. This is golden brown in color, flaky and layered. It's a type of Indian bread that is typically consumed at breakfast. The name comes from a combination of words, parat and atta, which means flour, referring to the cooked layered dough. It consists of whole wheat flour that is baked in ghee, which is Indian clarified butter, and comes in round, triangular, square, or heptagonal shapes. Parathas are often stuffed with ingredients, such as boiled potatoes, cauliflower, garlic, ginger, chili, paneer, or radish. They are sometimes accompanied by pickles, yogurt, homemade chutneys, or meat and vegetable curries. Halim A staple during the month of Ramadan in numerous Middle Eastern countries, this is a plate of haris, a satisfying meal which combines coarse wheat and meat. This centuries-old dish probably originated in Saudi Arabia, but has since spread throughout the entire Middle East and India. Numerous nearby countries have created their unique varieties, employing authentic ingredients and giving the dish local names. In Middle Eastern countries, haris is usually prepared with coarse ground wheat, which is mixed with water, butter, and meat, then left to soak overnight. Bortas, or bartas, are a group of dishes mainly associated with Bangladesh. The group encompasses various combinations of mashed herbs, vegetables, or fish whose base typically combines mustard, oil, garlic, onions, and red chili peppers. The most common ingredients used in bortas include eggplants, potatoes, prawns, ilish, and other types of fresh and dried fish, as well as other vegetables and herbs. The ingredients can be steamed, grilled, or roasted before they're combined into a mash. Although they were invented among the Bengali Muslims, bortas have become an indispensable part of national Bangladesh cuisine. They are served as a side dish or the main course, typically with rice on the side. Pani puri is a street snack that's extremely popular in India, Bangladesh, Pakistan, and Nepal. It consists of a hollow puri that is fried until crispy, then stuffed with combination of flavored water called pani 
tamarind chutney, chaat masala, potatoes, onions, hot chilies, and chickpeas. In North India, pani puri is known as golgapa, gol referring to the crispy shell, and gapa referring to eating process, since these small snacks are typically eaten one at a time. Arts Artists are largely self-supporting. The Bangla Academy in Dhaka provides support for some artists, particularly writers and poets. Many artists sell aesthetic works that have utilitarian functions. Literature Most people, regardless of their degree of literacy, can recite more than one poem with dramatic inflection. Best known are the works of the two poet heroes of the region, Rabindranath Tagore and Kazi Narul Islam. Tagore was awarded the Nobel Prize for Literature in 1913. Although from West Bengal, he is respected as a Bengali who championed the preservation of Bangla language and culture. His poem, Golden Bengal, was adopted as the national anthem. The most famous contemporary writer is Taslima Nasreen, whose novellas and essays question the Islamic justification for the customary treatment of women. Conservative religious authorities have tried to have her arrested and have called for her death for blasphemy. She lives in exile. Music. There are four main types of music, classical, light classical, devotional, and popular. The most common instruments are the harmonium, the tabla, and the sitar. Generally, classical musicians are adept at the rhythms and melodic properties associated with Hindu and Urdu devotional music. More popular today are the secular male-female duets that accompany Bengali and Hindi films. These songs are rooted in the classical tradition but have a freer contemporary melodic structure. Graphic Arts Most graphic arts fall within the domain of traditional production by Hindu caste groups. The most pervasive art form throughout the country is pottery, including water jugs and bowls of red clay, often with a red slip and incising. Some Hindu sculptors produce brightly painted works depicting Durga and other deities. Drawing and painting are most visible on the backs of rickshaws and the wooden sides of trucks. Performance Arts Traditional dance is characterized by a rural thematic element with certain hand, foot, and head movements. Dance is virtually a female-only enterprise, except for the famed snake dances. Plays are traditionally an important part of village life, and traveling shows stop throughout the countryside. Television dramas portray family relationships, love, and economic advantage and disadvantage. Plays in the cities, particularly in Dhaka, are attended by the educated young. Shital Pati, weaving. It's the traditional art of making a handcrafted mat by weaving together strips of a green cane known as murta. The mat is used by people all over Bangladesh as a sitting mat, bedspread, or a prayer mat. Traditional art of Jamdani weaving. Jamdani is a sheer cotton fabric, traditionally woven on a hand loom by craftspeople and apprentices around Dhaka. In the West, Jamdani textiles, known as muslin, combine an intricate design with muted or bright colors, and the finished garments are very breathable. Celebrations and Holidays Akushi, also called Shahid Dibash, 
is celebrated on February 21st. It is the National Day of Martyrs, commemorating those who died defending the Bangla language in 1952. Political speeches are held, and a memorial service takes place at the Shahid Minar, or the Martyrs Monument in Dhaka. Shadhi Nata Dibash, or Independence Day, this is celebrated on March 26th, for the day of the Awami League's Declaration of Independence in 1971. The event is marked with military parades and political speeches. Poila Boishak, the Bengali New Year, is celebrated on the first day of the month of Boishak, generally in April. Poetry readings and musical events take place. May Day on May 1st celebrates labor and workers with speeches and cultural events. Bijoy Dibosh, or Victory Day, is on December 16th. This commemorates the day in 1971 when Pakistani forces surrendered to a joint Bangladeshi-Indian force and the official creation of the state of Bangladesh. Cultural and political events are held. Christmas is on December 25th. Sports. Kabaddi is Bangladesh's national sport. In the 1970s, the government wanted to promote a sport that had roots in the country. So Kabaddi, an ancient Indian sport that's a mix of Red Rover wrestling and tag, was selected over cricket or football. Kabaddi requires each of two teams in turn to send out a player to raid the other's territory. The raider must, while chanting, touch as many opposing players as he can without taking a breath. During the 20th century, football, or soccer, emerged as the preeminent sport. Field hockey, cricket, tennis, badminton, and wrestling are also popular. Kite flying is another traditional pastime enjoyed by young and old alike. The making of elaborate kites from cloth or paper is a distinctive form of visual art as well. Transportation. The country has 18 airports. The large number of rivers and the annual flooding hazard make it difficult to build and maintain adequate transportation facilities in Bangladesh. Railways and waterways are the chief means of transportation. The railways are managed by the government and reach most districts of the country. Road connections are inadequate, but conditions have improved significantly in recent years. A large part of the highway system becomes submerged in the rainy season. Bridges, ferries, embankments, and dikes are therefore necessary for the inland transportation system. Because of the difficulties of land travel, the number of motor vehicles remains relatively small. The capital, Dhaka, has minimal roads considering the population. Public transportation is practically unheard of, and there are almost no traffic lights. The average speed is just 7 kilometers per hour, and according to a World Bank study, about 3.5 million working hours are wasted every day to traffic. The country has two deep water ports, Chittagong serving the eastern sector and Chalna serving the west. There are five main river ports with hundreds of smaller ports. The inland water system has miles of navigable waterways with main cargo routes. There are a total of 427 merchant marine vessels. The International Maritime Bureau reports the territorial waters of Bangladesh remain a risk for armed robbery against ships. 
Attacks increased in 2020 when four ships were boarded, as opposed to no attacks in 2019. Communications TV is the most popular medium. State-owned BTV is the sole network with national terrestrial coverage. Satellite and cable channels and Indian TV stations have large audiences. State radio covers almost the entire country. Programs are broadcast on radio and television in English and Bengali. BBC World Service in English and Bengali is heard on 100 FM in Dhaka. Newspapers are outspoken and privately owned. English language titles appeal mainly to an urban readership. Media tends to be polarized, aligning themselves with one or the other of the main political factions. Freedom House says journalists and media face lawsuits, harassment, and physical attacks. A 2018 digital security law allows for prison terms for negative propaganda. The telecom regulator says there were 92 million Internet users in February of 2019. The vast majority are using mobile devices. Access to the Internet is usually unrestricted, says U.S.-based Freedom House. But access to social media, messaging platforms, and news sites have occasionally been blocked by the authorities. Some prominent bloggers who have written about Islam fundamentalism have been murdered for their writing. Bloggers and social media users have been arrested on blasphemy-related charges. Telephone lines in use amount to less than 1 in 100. Mobile cellular subscriptions are 103 per 100 people. Individuals using the Internet are 15% of the population, and broadband users are 5 out of 100 people. Energy 93% of those in urban areas have electricity. 77% of those in rural areas have electricity. As of 2016, there were no exports or imports of electricity. The country generates 97% of its needs from fossil fuels and 2% from hydroelectric plants. Oil production is minimal, and it imports 22,000 BBL per day. It has oil reserves in the amount of 28 million BBL. Natural gas production is enough for the country's use, and it has some gas pipelines. It does not export or import natural gas. It has 186 billion cubic meters of reserves. Travel The UNESCO World Heritage Site of Sundarbans Mangrove Forest lies on the delta of the Ganges, Brahmaputra, and Meghna rivers on the Bay of Bengal. With a total area of 10,000 square kilometers, it is where the world's largest mangrove forest lies. You will find Bengal tigers stalking the mangroves, as well as rhesus monkeys swinging in canopies. One of the country's most famous sites is the historic mosque city of Bagarhat. Hidden by jungle for centuries, the medieval Muslim town is renowned for its density of Islamic religious monuments. The world's longest natural sea beach, Cox's Bazaar, is in Bangladesh. The popular tourist destination has 120 kilometers of unbroken beach from north to south along the side of the Indian Ocean. University of Dhaka's Curzon Hall is not only famous because of its Indo-Saracenic style, which is very similar to the architecture of Chennai, 
but also because it was the site of a student massacre that culminated in the country's war of liberation. The students protested Pakistan's decision to rule Bangla out as an official language and were attacked by the Pakistani forces. That day, on the 21st of February, it was named by UNESCO as the International Mother Language Day at the suggestion of Bangladesh. Sri Mangal is the tea-growing capital of Bangladesh and covered in lush, varied hues of green. The area is famous for its rains, which help the tea to grow. And you'll find many different plantations here as you explore the highlands and the hamlets that make up Sri Mangal. On a trip here, make sure to visit a local tea processing plant, which will usually include a trip to a tasting house so that you can enjoy a cup of fragrant tea while enjoying the views over the rippling fields. Hiking is also popular in this area. Rangamati, a mountain town that sits on the banks of Kaptai Lake, which is known for its blue and green waters, as well as the woodlands that surround it. Small, colorfully painted boats bob on the surface of the lake, and you may see an Asian elephant strolling along the riverbank. The main draw here is the hiking and wildlife excursions, as well as the golden statue of Buddha, Datu Jadi. Other top spots to visit also include the Parjatan Hanging Bridge and the regal palaces of the old Chakmaraj. Bandarban, surrounded by various mountain ranges that rise to nearly 1,000 meters above sea level, is the stunning town. The area is covered in misty green and is home to tobacco farms and hilltop lookouts. And there is also a lively bazaar where you will find arts and crafts from the Shan tribes from Myanmar across the border. Other reasons to come here include lazy bamboo boat rides along the majestic river Sangu, as well as the mighty Nilgiri Hill and the crashing waters of the Jadapai Waterfall. The Little Enclave of St. Martin. This is like nowhere else in Bangladesh, and it's the only coral island in the country. The region is covered in shifting sands and lapping seas, all nestled close to coconut groves. In many ways, it looks more like the Caribbean than South Asia, and you will find delicious seafood here, including fiery curries. Scuba diving is also a popular pastime, so if you want to check out some of the country's amazing aquatic life, then this is the place to do it. Pahapur where you will find UNESCO World Heritage Site ruins called Somapura Mahavihara. This spot is said to be one of the most fascinating Buddhist archaeological sites in South Asia and takes the form of a large red brick quadrangle which is bisected with alleys and chambers that would have been meditation rooms in days of old. Travel Cautions Dhaka has a high crime rate, with crimes typical of other cities its size. It is wise to travel in groups and never walk alone at night. Many of the crimes happen while in rickshaws or on foot. For security reasons, U.S. Embassy personnel are prohibited from riding in taxis, buses, and rickshaws in Dhaka. Caution is also needed when taking a train, since these are known to be boarded by robbers at all times of the day. Valuables should be left in the hotel safe, not left in an unattended room. Visitors usually hire a car and a driver, which should be arranged for in advance through the hotel. Women should observe stringent precautions, avoiding public transportation after dark without trusted companions, 
restricting evening entertainment to well-known venues, and avoiding isolated areas when alone any time of the day. The U.S. Department of State issued a travel advisory on September 27, 2021, to reconsider travel to Bangladesh. The caution is to exercise increased caution in Bangladesh due to crime, terrorism, and kidnapping. Travel is dangerous in the Chittagong Hill Tracks due to occasional communal violence and other security risks. Segment 3. Who is? Muhammad Yunus, known as the banker to the poorest of the poor, won the 2006 Nobel Peace Prize for his work towards eradicating poverty using microlending. To date, he's the only Bangladeshi to have won a Nobel Prize. He started the Village Bank by giving microcredits to women in rural areas out of his own pocket in the 1970s, and then expanded his work into a full-fledged bank. For his work, the bank and he were awarded the Nobel Peace Prize in 2006. These Grameen's loans are very small in nature, sometimes less than $100, and given only to women. The community created around it means that women help each other in times of need, so the default rate is low. Grameen's efforts have expanded across the world, and today there are many microfinancing institutions elsewhere, but the principles in which it was founded still show the best returns. In addition to this, Eunice was awarded the Olympic Laurel on July 23, 2020, at the Tokyo Opening Ceremony. He was honored for his initiatives, which include the Eunice Sports Hub, a network of social enterprises that promote development through sports. M. Zahid Hassan, the Eugene Higgins Endowed Chair Professor of Quantum Physics at Princeton University and scientist at Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory, is known for many groundbreaking discoveries in the quantum world. Jawed Karim, co-creator of YouTube and designed anti-fraud system of PayPal. Muhammad Abdul Muid Khan, nominated as the best human rights lawyer of England and Wales in 2012. Irene Khan, former Secretary General of Human Rights Organization Amnesty International, the first woman, the first Asian, and the first Muslim to hold the position, won the Sydney Peace Prize in 2006. Sheikha Hasina Wazed is the female Prime Minister who has been in office since 2009 and for the third consecutive term. She's the longest female leader in office in the world. Since independence in 1971, Bangladesh has been led by female leaders for 25 years, and still is, or about 50% of the time. Rabindranath Tagore was awarded the Nobel Prize in Literature in 1913 in the then British India. He's known for his extremely sensitive, refined, and well-written line of poetry, through which he has been able to express his poetic thinking in his own English words, which has become a part of Western literature. Segment 4. Who Would Have Thought? Bangladesh is famous for snake charmers. Bangladesh has a few hundred thousand snake charmers who rove about the country like gypsies or live on riverboats. A large number of these snake charmers belong to the ethnic group of Beidi and are known as Bangladeshi gypsies or water gypsies. These people lead a life on boats. 
In some families, women Beatty do the work of snake charming. Some 16,000 Beatty have settled in Porabari village, 32 kilometers or 20 miles from Dhaka, where every household boasts a basket full of snakes. Here, children play with snakes without fear, draping them around their necks. Snake charmers handle snakes in a performance usually accompanied by music or other activities. Snake charming is a full-time profession for some and a part-time job for others. It is traditionally a family business and the art of snake charming is passed on from one generation to the other. The secrecy behind it is well guarded. Typically, snake charmers keep snakes in boxes, gunny bags, or earthen pots, carry these from one weekly marketplace to another, or get stationed in one town market for months and then move to a new destination where there is always congregations of people. Average snake charmers do not catch the snakes on their own, but buy it from the professional snake catchers. All of them are likely to keep several snakes in their possession. The most favored species are the cobras and pythons. Many also keep non-venomous snakes. To note, babies are known to catch and sell snakes, as well as perform in snake charming. There would be no snake charming without cobra, mainly because it can raise its head to an appreciable height and inflate the hood displaying its spectacular pattern. As the charmer plays his flute and keeps chanting mantra, at the same time moving either his head, elbows, or knees, the cobra sways its raised hood and body to fix its vision towards the moving object and not to the music. The cobra is teased to attack the snake charmer. Once the snake fixes its attention to the object it dares, attacking it either with open mouth or amidst production of loud hissing noises. Most snake charmers exhibit those snakes whose poison fangs have been removed, so that the charmers can receive bites without the risk of getting venom. Such snakes also fail to eat the usual diet of live food, because they can no longer utilize their poison gland for paralyzing the prey, and they die within six months or so. This is the reason snake charmers must get replacement snakes every couple of months. It may be noted that often the successive teeth behind the uprooted poison fangs of cobras somehow get attached with the poison gland. Therefore, these so-called fangless cobra's bites become fatal for the snake charmers themselves. Most snake charmers ultimately die from the bite of such fangless snakes. A few extremely daring and professional snake charmers will keep poisonous snakes with fangs. Some of them sell amulet or herbal medicines as protection against snake bites. Other things Bangladesh is famous for. Being home to the world's largest river delta, the Ganges. Freely roaming Bengal tigers having the longest natural uninterrupted beach in Asia, this is Cox's Bazaar Beach, at 150 kilometers long, the main Ichara tea estate, the oldest tea garden in the subcontinent, Ilish fish, and Muslim gauze. Interesting info. About 80 films are produced in Bangladesh each year. Climate change is a major concern for Bangladesh, Sea level rise, associated with global warming, is expected to create more than 25 million climate refugees. Climate refugees are forced to move to a new country due to global warming. 
Dhaka, Bangladesh's capital city, is the world's most densely populated city, with 44,500 people per square kilometer. Dhaka, Bangladesh, ranks number nine in most populated cities on Earth. The Bay of Bengal is the largest bay in the world. The bay occupies an area of around 2,173,000 square kilometers. Bangladesh is the most vegetarian country in the world, with its population consuming only 4 kilograms of meat per person per year. Bangladesh recycles the most ships in the world by tonnage. The city of Chittagong is famous for its dangerous ship-breaking yard, where 80 ship-breaking yards are located along a 13-kilometer stretch of coast. It employs over 200,000 and accounts for around one-half of all the steel in Bangladesh. Some shipbreaking practices have highly concerning environmental and human impacts, releasing materials such as oil, asbestos, and toxic paints into the local environment, and disrupting biodiversity. Bangladesh was once home to the world's only third-order enclave in the world. Dahala Kagrabari was an Indian enclave surrounded by a Bangladeshi enclave, surrounded by an Indian enclave, surrounded by another state, Bangladesh. In 2015, Dahala Kagrabari was finally ceded to Bangladesh. Next to the United States, Argentina and Bangladesh record the most tornadoes annually. The Sundarbans Swamp Forest on the border of India and Bangladesh is the tiger attack capital of the world. Approximately 600 Bengal tigers live there, and they kill up to 100 people each year. The Bangladesh-based Grameen Bank uses gender in its credit scoring model and lends exclusively to women. Women are seen as more responsible borrowers than men. Cox's Bazaar is a beach in the Bay of Bengal in the southwestern part of Bangladesh, and it's the longest in Asia the third in the world and the longest uninterrupted beach at 120 kilometers long. The country's Muslim population is very conservative and frown upon bathing in swimming clothing, so you should expect to go in the water fully clothed. Bangladesh's shortest cow makes it onto the Guinness list weeks after its death. Rani, as she was called, was just 50.8 centimeters or 20 inches high. She died from a sudden internal buildup of gas just after her owners applied to the Guinness World Records. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Bangladesh in my Nations of the World podcast series. Next time we'll learn about a country which seems to have an obsession with the color pink. Here you will find a pink sand beach which has earned the title Best Sand Beach. The seat of government is housed in three pink buildings. Its national bird is the pink flamingo. Listen to learn why all these items happen to be pink. Please be sure to subscribe to Nations of the World podcast series so you won't miss my next episode, The Bahamas. I'm excited to share that in under five months, I have hundreds of listeners from all over the world in 62 different countries. If you are enjoying the series, please consider leaving a review for Nations of the World podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can also help to support my work by making a small contribution on Patreon. 
You can find me there at patreon.com slash nations of the world. With your review on Apple Podcasts, I will give you a shout out in my next episode. If you contribute on Patreon at the first level, you will get a shout out in my next episode, and you will have the chance to submit a question you'd like to have answered in one of my upcoming podcasts. This can be a question about how I plan or produce my show, or it can be a question to be answered in one of my upcoming episodes about a particular country. If you contribute on Patreon at the second level, you'll receive the shout-out and question submittal, along with free access to all the episodes electronically in ebook format. These ebooks range in size from about 10,000 to 25,000 words each. You can also just purchase a single ebook in the series on Amazon in the Kindle ebook section for just 99 cents. You can find them by searching for the country name followed by Nations of the World. Thank you again for listening to my podcasts. Without your interest in the show, I would have no reason to continue producing more episodes. I have many exciting ideas on how to expand the show, which I can't wait to get to in the future. I also look forward to hearing from and interacting with my listeners to get some input, advice, and ideas on how to improve the show. Gaining knowledge about other people and their culture is often the best way to understanding who they are and why they do things a certain way. This in turn can make us less fearful of differences and hopefully more accepting. Let's face it. We're all human and we all share the same world.